Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Hi, and welcome back to Mending Fences. I'm Jen Hawthorne, and I am here with Patrice Brimner today. We are doing something a little bit different. We've done a picker wheel before to to pick our topic. This time, we are, Patrice is going to pick our topic, and I don't know what it's going to be yet. So, Patrice. Well, we did talk through some choices, so you have a a little bit of an idea of what it might be. Yeah. So, I really want to talk about effective communication. And I want to frame the conversation. So we we talked about doing like three tips for effective communication. And we don't have to limit it to three. We might have, we might each have three different ones. We haven't, we haven't outlined this. Um, but I want to talk about it like in in the context of dispute resolution, like a formal process or not. Just any conversation, just any. Any time that communication matters. Yeah, I think that's a great topic for us to talk about. And the only thing when Patrice brought this up before that we shared with each other on our thoughts on this is I was saying I just last week spent three of my days as faculty on the MCLC collaborative law intro training. And so what I'm curious about for myself, and I really need to do a deep dive and self-reflection later is are my answers different than they would have been because of that training? So and along Patrice, those really- lines, yeah, I think that that my the three that I have in my mind are probably very much influenced by my recent activities. So I thought that was a really interesting question when you brought it up because it made me think like, oh, am I seeing everything through the lens of like the cases I'm working on right now or? Mm-hmm maybe difficult conversations I've had in my personal life recently and what what I walked away with. Yeah, I think it's impossible not to be influenced. And it'd be really interesting. And we were just saying, we, we talk about doing series and don't always do them, but it'd be really interesting to follow up in like some period of time and see if our answers change. Yeah. But so to dive in today... I'll put you on the spot and see if you have a top three and if I have a top three and I'm wondering if they overlap. So do you want to, so how should we do this? Why don't you start with one and we'll see if it's one of mine and then we'll go from there. Okay. That sounds good. So, so, so far I still have to think of a third to be completely honest. So, so um, my top, the first thing that popped into my head for effective communication is to make sure you are using all of your active listening skills. And for those of you out there that don't know what that means, that means quite a bit in the context of how we talk about it in some of our interest-based negotiation trainings, both collaborative and mediation. Active listening really means you are essentially turning off that part of your brain that tries to think of what you are going to say back to the other person. And instead, you are focused on really hearing the words coming out of the other person's mouth. But also, you are watching for all of the other communication cues we give to people. Is the person you're talking to comfortable making eye contact? Are they shifting in their seat? Are they backing away from you? 
Are they looking uncomfortable in some sort of way? If you're watching a conversation and you're actively listening between two other people, are they engaging with each other or are they really talking to a third person? Are you talking to a third person when you're having this conversation? So making sure all of your senses are engaged in the conversation and that first of all, your brain is, so there isn't a piece of your brain that's thinking about something else, but are you watching them? Are you listening? Are you really focused on all of the information being directed at you during a conversation? And that's essentially what we mean by active listening. That is not my number one. It's a really good one. That is really a good one. Thank you, Jen. I think we're going to end up with more than three. (laughs) But it's interrelated. And as I was listening to you, I'm realizing that probably all of our tips are going to be interrelated and interdependent as far as just practical, you know, practical things you can do um, when wanting to improve conversation when you're having difficult conversations. Um, My number one is just to slow down. Yeah. Just to slow down. There's no rush. You don't have to rush to get your words out and you don't have to rush to get through a conversation. And sometimes it makes sense to walk away, you know, to come back another time to say, you know, we'll have to talk about this later. Now is not a good time. And to be aware and, you know, I'm not to ask yourself, am I ready to have this conversation? Am I available for this right now? And the answer might be, no, this is going to escalate if we have this conversation right now. I need to step away, come back later, an hour later, three days later, a month later, whatever it is, but to slow, slow down. And I think slowing down will make the active listening that you're talking about possible. Absolutely. In terms of them being interrelated, one of the things that came up in the conversation last week at the training was that part of active listening, because if you're not trying to think of your own response while you're listening to someone, it automatically means there has to be pauses because you're waiting for the other person to finish. You're taking a moment to process and you're slowing your own thoughts down so that you're responding effectively. And it's person. not easy. I mean, I think we have to also no. acknowledge like this isn't natural and easy. And what we're doing with all of these things is trying to move away from attack, defend responses and to do the listening and, and have the actual conversations that, that are necessary. So right. what's your number two? Oh, my number two yeah. is, again, it's, I think, quite related. I call it fresh ears. Um, And I'll explain what I mean by that because it's not a real thing. But I have definitely approached conversations in my own life and I've watched clients approach conversations without using what I call fresh ears. And so in terms of conflict, a lot of times we're having versions of the same conversation over and over and over again. And I think that happens in every relationship, you know, whether you're talking to a significant other, a child, a parent, an employer, an employee, whatever it is, you end up coming to the conversation. And while the topic might seem slightly different, it's so related to conversations you've had over and over again that you start from a place often of defensiveness and and or accusation, depending on which side of the conversation you end up being on, like whoever is approaching it. And so what I mean by fresh ears is try to come in and even if it sounds at the very beginning like a conversation you've had before, 
try to hear it differently. Try to really, and it means engaging those active listening skills and taking that time to think, but really try to hear things from a new perspective. Jen has my number two. Oh, good. Do you have a term for it, Patrice? No. I, well, what I had written, what mine is, is just be curious, to let yourself be curious. So fresh ears and be curious. I will say be curious is what I wrote down for my number three. (laughs) Oh, I, that's so funny because I think of these as the same. It's like to not assume that you know how the sentence is going to end, to not assume that you know where they're going with, where the other person is going with all of this because you've had the conversation before, but to be curious about what's possible and be curious about what is, what they're actually, what the other person's actually talking about. And if you don't understand, instead of filling in blanks to ask for clarification. Yeah, I totally agree. So the only thing that I would say that makes them slightly different is it's, it's that like, it's a two-step process in my head. Mm-hmm. The first one is like entering the conversation with the actual idea in your head that you're going to listen with fresh ears and that you're going to try to forget history of these conversations and just start over. And then the next step is to be curious and to ask as many questions as you need to, to change the dynamic of the conversation so that you're changing your own understanding of where that person is coming from. If you're having the same conversations over and over again, and I again, I will fully admit this happens to me in many of my personal relationships, it means that you're not resolving conflict. You're just, you have some sort of underlying ongoing conflict that's creating the need to have the same conversation over and over again. And And that's a great conversation for us to have another day because I I think you're not resolving conflict. You're not even engaging in the conflict. You're just, you're just letting the conflict kind of run you. (laughs) You're just riding the conflict. Right. And I think when people think about having ongoing conflict in relationships, they hear that then the relationship must be bad. Mm. And that isn't what we're talking about. So I agree. We should have that conversation another time because that is a good topic. So your number three was be curious. It was be curious. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're active listening, you're coming into it, not making assumptions and you're remaining curious you have a shot at having a good conversation with someone that actually connects you more and gives you a deeper understanding of the other person, in my opinion. My number three is kind of related, but it's, I mean, I think we're saying the same things in different ways. It's so interesting. I would say be hopeful and be, which will help you kind of stay committed to getting through it and know like if it's, if a conversation isn't working, like you just said, it doesn't mean it's going wrong. It just means maybe right. withdraw, go away, come back right. and be willing to come back. Be willing to come back and apply your fresh ears, your slowing down and your, you know, your your being curious and asking for clarification when needed and start again. Yep. Like we always say, right? Keep talking. Yeah, that's right. You should always keep talking and we will too.